Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual. Talking with shadows, the conversations everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Marcus D. And you might have noticed our uh, intro was a little bit different. There was some awesome guitaring going on right after our normal intro. And that is because my guest in the studio today is one of my absolute favorite guests that we ever have. Because today we're going to be talking about clandestine organizations and weird CD government stuff. So who better to talk about it with me than my buddy, the Libertarian Guitarist. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thanks for having me on, Marcus. It's great to be back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with the podcast and the channel in general, you guys might have remembered the Libertarian Guitarist came on and uh, did an episode with me where we talked about Bob Lazar, the whistleblower back in the 80s who blew the lid off Area 51 and pretty much does his own documentary about every 10 years talking about why the government still lies to you about UFOs. <laughs> every 10 years or so, give or take. <laughs> and he just, he's got to keep got to keep people interested. Yeah, yeah, gotta, yeah he's got to feel relevant so that way that the government just doesn't black bag him. Right. <laughs> I feel like my, my favorite moment from that episode that we did had to have been when I made the comment like on his, on his very first documentary. He literally just goes, "Hi, I'm Bob Lazar, and these are government secrets." And, like, and Bob back then, anyway, he looked so freaking nerdy. Like, yes. like right now, like nowadays, he looks pretty distinguished, and he looks like a normal dude. Back then, he looked like straight out of like Poindexter stuff, kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, he did, and it was just, it, it, it was one of my favorite episodes we did, and, you know, those of you guys that are listening, Vic is still out, however, um, he is feeling better, he called me today, we're recording this literally the day after that I put up the episode um, that I did with Frank Cashin on the Disappearing Object Phenomenon, so he is good, I think he's going to be back in the studio with us next, uh, for our next episode, but... I have been quarantined all weekend due to a COVID test, uh, which was negative, um, by the way, but I've been quarantined, so I thought it'd be fun to get two episodes in, so that's why I brought on Frank Hessian and, of course, my buddy, the Libertarian Guitarist. Thank you so much again for coming on, man. Thank you for inviting me. It's, it's a privilege, man. Absolutely. So, unfortunately, due to being quarantined, my alcohol supply is kind of low. So, nobody, nobody tell Vic this is between... Me, Libertarian Guitarist of the Shades, I have resorted to having to drink a Seagram's today. <laughs> I'm not saying Seagram's is bad. I'm just saying as far as, like, you know, alcohol choices, they're, they're probably more refined alcohols to have. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I am drinking water, more specifically Ice Mountain water, which is, in my opinion, the best water you can get, best tasting, pure spring water. So, so if you have yeah. a chance, guys, Ice Mountain's where it's at. I, you know, I drink I drink Fiji water a lot. It's probably one of my favorite bottled waters. Although I used to I used to go on uh, this other podcast called the Bulldog and Chain podcast, and I bought a Fiji water, and I and I and I brought it in, and he started and uh, he started ragging on me about it, and then I, he's like, "Oh, you're drinking bougie Fiji water," and I just went, "No, nah, man, this is just from the tap." Like, 
I just filled up. I just bought the Fiji water like before. Just kept filling it up with tap water because <laughs> I was being cheap. More specifically, I'm drinking a a wild berries sequins. But I have uh, I have like another like bottle of like rose. Or I did wherever it went. I had a bottle of like rose wine in case I run out of this while we're talking. But I thought the the seagrams seemed kind of refreshing because. You know, still kind of muggy out today. So, um, for those of you that are that are joining us today, I'm I'm not going to be able to go over the comments yet from the disappearing object phenomenon. Uh, mostly just because since we're recording this episode the following day, I still want to give people some time to be able to leave some comments. However, I did want to say that it is currently trending number one in our last ten episodes. So. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for all the support that you guys gave us. Prank and Media, I thought, did a really good job uh, in that episode. So if you ever check that out, it's a whole episode where we talk about just random objects disappearing. And then, like, you'll just, you'll be working with something, you'll turn your back, and then you'll turn around and it's not there anymore, like your keys or your remote or whatever. Or other instances, we talk about, like, objects just magically appearing, like money. Like, did you know that's a real common thing, man? Like, where you'll be, like, literally just minding your own business, and then you hear just a sound and, like, a clink sound, and you turn around and, like, change or, like, money with a money clip, like, lands in the room you're in? I mean, I definitely sometimes misplace things. I just thought it was old age, like, mm -hmm. getting to me. No, I, I, I thought that was good, but I, I was so surprised that literally the most common thing when it comes to objects just magically appearing is always money. Yeah. How come we can't get like that kind of like <laughs> like like I feel like the kind of look that we would probably get or definitely at least definitely me is like this magic bill that I didn't know where it came from. Like it lands like I owe some sort of medical bill. Well, you should. I mean, I'm sure the the Federal Reserve could teach you some tips in that because I mean they can create six trillion dollars out of thin air and just divvy it out. Give us give us twelve twelve hundred dollar checks for for uh, staying home. I mean, I would just be, I mean, I, I feel like if they just sent me, if they just sent me money just to stay home, I'd be like, I feel like at that point, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be biased because at that point, then I would just literally just make you like podcast episodes. Like all that just would just be a professional <laughs> podcaster and my life well, would just be better. I'd be okay with that. Cause I mean, like uh, I, your, your show is pretty entertaining and informative and Thank I enjoy you. listening to it. But it's only because I have the best guests that come on. So again, remember, while the Vic is away, Marcus is going to play. So, so we're talking about like weird disappearances and things going missing for whatever reason. I thought it would be very, very fun to talk about strange, strange type of disappearances where nuclear scientists are either turning up dead or missing. And a few other things and I'm like, so this is probably gonna involve some like clandine stuff and some not so favorable comments about the government. And I thought she'd be great. <laughs> Sounds good to me, man. I know. I told Vic about this and he's like he's like, Well, I don't I don't, I don't know, man. You gotta be careful what you learn what to say. And I'm like, You're not here, so <laughs> Thank, thankfully, um, like it's not a topic that I delved into too deeply, so Hopefully it doesn't get me put on a watch list or anything. Well, I hate to break it, Tori. I hate to break it to you. I'm pretty positive if you come into our podcast, you're already on a watch list. I'm pretty That's positive. Right. I'm pretty positive both you and me are both on. I know that Vic is actually on a watch list because if you guys don't know this, Vic talks about this. Um, Vic talks about this all the time where every time he gets on a plane, he gets checked for additional screening every time. <laughs> Every single time, like he went to he went to uh, England, and he told everybody uh, that ahead of time that hey, I'm gonna get pulled out of the I'm gonna get pulled out of the uh, line. They're gonna scream me. Nobody believed him, and he did. He got pulled out. Dudes, literally, airport officials were like, "Where are you going? Why are you going there?" And then eventually, like he was delayed for like an hour, and then he was allowed to go on his way. Yeah, man. Well, maybe he just has one of those faces, or maybe the maybe the TSA is just profile profiling him, being no, jerks. Like, I think I think well, when I asked him about it, he said that he was 
uh, I think he, he thinks that it was because he before had to purchase a copy of the Anarchist Cookbook. Now, don't hold me to this, guys. I'm, I want to say I'm, I'm citing this off of memory. I'm pretty positive because he in college was a was a philosophy major. And I believe at one point and I believe at one point he actually had to read the Anarchist Cookbook for a class. So he had to purchase one. And if you've ever and if you've ever uh, bought that online, like it's. Sorry, my wife just came in and just left. Sorry, that was the reason why that. But but if you, but if you buy that book, you end up on a watch list because of it. Yeah, I mean that's that's under that that makes a lot of sense because I mean, <laughs> whenever people think of that book, who do they think of? They think of the Columbine yeah, situation because they they, they, they obviously had had those books. But for educational purposes, I'm sure that it's it's a it's an interesting read nonetheless. And you know what's really weird? You know the guy that wrote it later came out like regretting that he wrote it and he commented about that. I'm sure he did. I'm sure it like ostracized him from a lot of people whenever, <laughs> uh, whenever it was used for what it was used for. Yeah, you know, it, but it's, but it's weird. But it, but a lot of stuff even from that book was used. I know a lot of stuff in that book was off was off was transcribed and used in a lot of the Arab Spring that um, that they used whenever. I don't want. I want to say it was in Tunisia. I want to say. No, but I know that it was in Egypt or whatever. Whenever that, whenever people were trying to help them, whenever they were trying to liberate themselves from their governments that they had over there, a lot of the stuff they had in cookbook um, ended yeah. up in material that went over there. We just went off the rails a little bit, I think, but that's okay. It's all good. <laughs> that's, that's that's I knew we would. It's fine. Uh, but no, we all right. So today we're talking about um, missing nuclear scientists. I don't. I ever since I was in college, one of my absolute favorite topics was involves nuclear politics it really did it didn't start that way uh actually my actually my original passion in college when i got a degree in political science was in environmental politics and when i got to my senior level class or my senior my senior year the year about to, the, the semester right before i'm about to have my final semester my advisor came to me and she said chris we we want to start our own capstone class in the political science department and uh, there is no political science capstone. It's like the final class where you literally you have it's like a four ninety nine class where you have to do a bunch of research and papers and stuff. And we don't have one, but we want to have one next year. So to do this, you have to uh, have the class ahead of time as the class, but it not counts as a capstone. So you have to do all the work, but it doesn't count as a capstone. I still right. had to do my capstone. So I did World War One. Real easy. It was a history one. Real easy. You know, political science major. I thought we were going to be walking apart for me. And I'm like, you know, I really don't want to do it. I, I you know, um, and she said that it was going to be over nuclear politics. And I said, you know, I don't really want to. I'm about to do a capstone. I don't think two capstones is good. And she literally said, and I quote, do you want to graduate next semester? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap. And I 100% believe that she would not have let me graduate. If I did not take this nuclear politics for class, <laughs> so I did, and I spent a lot of time in a lot of time in the class doing research papers over all, all sorts of nuclear politics from you know the nineteen forty in the nineteen forties on the modern age, and it it's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you learn some you learn stuff like about like in the 1970s how like constantly the United States Air Force is recommending like us nuking Russia like preemptively, like that's like one of their like main positions that they have. They we need to do this ahead of time, and like just every day like the United States president's going, now nah, we can't do that. Like, and it just makes me like wonder like how important his guy that brings him coffee is every day because like <laughs> one day he just doesn't do it right. Now the president's upset. You didn't put cream in my coffee. We're gonna fuck. Oh, sorry. Language. We're okay. We're, all, we're rolling. We're we're gonna yeah, we're gonna new nation. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go ahead and put a not safe for work comment. Like, uh, you know, mature content. It's your it's fine. But um, uh, no, you're no no you're we're we're fun. But but that's but that's what it is. And it's it's so ingrained. And it's and truthfully, there's even there's weird paranormal stuff that goes on with nuclear politics. Like yeah. in nuclear energy, you know, we've talked a lot about like strange like stuff with like UFO craft and a lot of weird paranormal stories with like clandestine government agents and stuff that they had that kills vegetation and 
you know, people develop certain cancers when they're around certain technology and things like that with UFOs. That it, it mimics a lot of the stuff with, um, yeah. with nuclear energy, right? So I, I, I think that there's definitely nuclear... It has a weird place in the paranormal that I don't think enough people talk about. Yeah. People listening to the podcast know that I'm insanely passionate about this. Like if I could do a whole, like if I wrote my own book, that's what it would be about. Is how is how like nuclear energy, uh, you know, and stories involving that. Like you know, it, there's tons of there's tons of stuff like with Chernobyl and when it crashed and you know there was you know whenever that went down like there's Mothman sightings with it. And like weird radioactive pigs running around in Chernobyl, and just it's 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 a weird topic. But, um, I mean, I, just I thought it'd be really cool today, since we're doing disappearances, to talk about the stories that surround nuclear uh, scientists going missing. Yeah, and you might have to you might have to um, give me the scoop on all that. Oh. I know what we're what we're delving into. That's okay. That's 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 what I'm that's what I'm here for. I so one of the things that I noticed right away when I started when I started googling um, when I started googling like mysterious disappearances, you know, I'm looking for different topics because yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, we could definitely talk about like one particular case where you know somebody goes missing. We've done that before on on the thing, but I, I thought it'd be really interesting to uh, to try to find some some other weird sort of angle when it comes to disappearances. And as I was doing that, I slowly started seeing more and more articles about nuclear scientists in other countries going missing. Yeah. And so the very first things that I started noticing was that the three major countries where this happens in is Iran, Pakistan, and India. <laughs> That's it. That is interesting. Yeah. None of the, the none of the, the the major cases of people going missing really are in any actual country that has that's I don't want to say supposed to air quotes you know that's that's on that that that's supposed to have nuclear weapons like you know superpowers yeah like you know like there's, there's really no there's no cases really of of Chinese nuclear scientists going missing. There's definitely none of, of U.S. scientists that are easily found that I that I discovered. Same stuff with yeah. the U.K. That now there are stuff in that, but I'm gonna get to that a little later. Um, uh, with the U.K., France, um, I did it. It was all in other countries where generally the major superpowers were trying to generally don't want people for some for some reason to have nuclear weapons, right? You know, like yeah. obviously. Israel does not, you know, the United States probably doesn't want Iran to have nuclear weapons, right? You know, right. They're, they're very adamant about that. Same for Pakistan. China's hugely adamant that they do not want India to have nuclear weapons as well. So, uh, like, as of last year, it was pro I think last year actually probably marked one of the very last cases that I found where somebody, like, died under mysterious causes yeah. related to from this. Yeah, apparently it was it was last year. It was November 27th, 2020. Uh, Iran's top nuclear scientist was assassinated. Damn. He was driving, yeah, he was driving down the road. Uh, he was driving down the road on November 27th, 2020, and he's driving down the road, and as they pass a truck on the side of the road, the truck explodes. And this is where things get sort of like dicey because Iran reports that what ends up happening is the truck that explodes or had an explosion from it had an automatic turret that was in it that unleashed that that started like firing on the truck. But other yeah. people reporting that there were like actual gunmen like on a, I would say a desert knoll <laughs> and they gun and they gunned him down. Yeah. Um, and like you know, people in Iran was completely like blaming everybody else. They're saying, and you know, they're saying that no, he wasn't in, you know, that that you know, they were blaming other countries, and everybody was saying, dog out. Oh, oh, and other people were claiming that like the country, and you know, Iran's blaming Israel and the United States, and saying that they were behind it. They were like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's probably dissidents within your own country. <laughs> I mean, like as far as the nuclear. 
situation. I think, at least politically, um, governments, it, nuclear energy, nuclear bombs, it's a very good way for governments to keep their populations under control. If, um, if governments are always on the threat of nuclear, not, or governments are always threatening or, or saying that, hey, all you guys are always on, under the threat of nuclear annihilation, then they're more willing to sit down, shut up, and do what they're told. And we have to do this to save ourselves from from the threat from this from this uh, from this rogue nation or this terrorist regime. I mean, and I mean, how long did the Cold War last? Like, like quite quite a long time. Yeah, a little bit. So it's just just something to think about. And like, I don't know what how that plays into these particular countries like India and Pakistan or or whatever what, what was the other one you mentioned earlier Pakistan, that, uh, Pakistan. Um, mm -hmm. so like I don't know how that fits into it but nuclear weapons is a good way for 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 superpowers to keep people in line absolutely and I mean and I, and I 100 believe that you you know with the threat of like with the threat of nuclear you know of of like nuclear war or nuclear deterrence, it it definitely is going to inspire a lot of clandestine operations. You know, yeah. some of my favorite things to talk about in here because you know, you know, when when me and Vic first started the podcast, one of the things that Vic always used to do is he gave a black bag tip of the day, like how to avoid being black bag, but being like I think it was be smarter than a be faster than the person you're next to. <laughs> <laughs> or already be wearing a hat because they can't blackback you if you're already wearing a hat, you know. But this did like this whole. Uh, there was another. Uh, there was another famous one too that ended up happening with Iran too, like a nuclear scientist that happened. Um, uh, Sharam Amari, uh, he was a nuclear scientist. This was in 2009. Um, he uh, he goes missing. Uh, he goes. He he actually went missing. He went on a pilgrimage to Mecca, then never came back. Hmm. You know, and never came back to Iran. And people think that he was either abducted. Like the two major theories that happened from him is either a that he was abducted, and that he ended up in like Saudi Arabia or he ended up in um, like Canada. Other people believe that he was uh, like either black bagged or defected and ended up like in, is now living in Miami. Yeah. And, you know, before people even really think that, like, you know, that our government wouldn't do something like this, um, there actually is, like, an actual declassified program. I don't even know what it was, what classified it was, but it was 2005. It's called Operation Brain Drain, hmm. where the United States government, literally the CIA, came up with a whole task force whose whole sole purpose was to remove Iranian nuclear scientists. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense then. <laughs> yeah, like, why some, I'm not saying with these other people, and I'm not saying necessarily that they necessarily, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that anybody necessarily is responsible for it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But anyway, well, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to do that. But anyway, um, this was whole, this whole stuff, like, detailed for, like, stuff that they tried to do. And one of them being, which I thought was really cool, I thought I, you know, I thought we could talk about it, was they, so they held a conference and invited other nuclear scientists from around the world or physicists to come. So the Iranian government was very aware, maybe like the United States might be behind it, might be trying to do something kind of shady, or they believed. So they sent their scientists with chaperones. Yeah, this happens a lot too. If you're if you're worried about defectors from your country, you know, um, you know, like the there's like the there's like the the I think she was a gymnast from Belarus or whatever that had to go with chaperones and then she like defected and then ended up in Poland, you know. Um, but after she criticized the government, but anyway, the United States was like had they come up with these like super secret and I and I can't and I'm surprised that there's no movies being made from this, where they held the conference and they had to get the chaperones away from the Iranian scientists. Yeah. So what they did was they, was they had a dinner and they tried to food poison, like poison the food of the chaperones only to give them like nausea and diarrhea 
<laughs> so that way they would like be in the bathroom so that way they could get to the Iranian scientists. <laughs> Sneaky bastards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Like I I couldn't even imagine like what that would be like, like being like an important scientist from another country like that and literally just always having somebody next to you to dictate all of your actions. Right. Yeah, that'd be kind of that'd be kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like I would be like, it would be like you're the nuclear scientist, and I would I would be hanging out next to you, and they'd be like, oh, what would you get? Like what would what would you get? I, like I would take the fish, and so will he. <laughs> right. That's the point. And then we would be gone by eight. Like it's just it's it's terrifying. Yeah. Mm. And so. Between, I know between, um, I'm a, let's play a game. How many, how many, how many scientists do you think actually defected? Iranian scientists actually defected. How, how many people do you think that this worked on? How many do I think defected? Mm-hmm. I mean, human beings are easily bought off, so it's hard to say. I, may, I don't know. Let's say 20. <laughs> Man, you are so optimistic. <laughs> I don't know if it was like six. I don't know if you were like optimistic that, but that like you might easily butt off or that Iran, uh, like Iran has that many nuclear scientists. <laughs> I don't, which one do you think that is? Or do you, do you think the government's just that, the U.S. government's just that effective? Which one? <laughs> do I think the government's what? I'm sorry. Do you think do you think Iran just had that many nuclear scientists, or do you think the U.S. government was just that effective? Um, probably the latter. Probably the latter. Uh, I, I think so too. <laughs> like, oh god! Like, have you ever like have you ever looked like and and pe- for people to think that like that this is like new for us to do, it's really not. Like, we've been doing we've been doing this for years. Like uh, Operation Paperclip. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. yeah, our government after World War II brought over a bunch of Nazi scientists for to for their own ro- rocket program, and then I mean Werner von Braun was a I mean he was a he was a Nazi and he developed NASA. So I mean, yeah, they our government used Nazi scientists for their own endeavors, unfortunately, and people don't really talk about it very much. But that's it's true. <laughs> There's you a know, lot of it's like a, it is it's like a really really dark it's like a really dark part of American history when you when you really think about like when you look at operation it's kind of a kind of messes with your mind knowing that that at least part of our government has has Nazi influence in it and I, I don't know if I like that too much to be honest guys I I, I, I don't either I, it, it weirds me out because like and, and how they did it I mean it was right before the Nuremberg trials was pretty much you get you have all these scientists that are that are sitting in the that are sitting in the jail cell and you know, yeah. in comes the man in black, and he sits down. And he's like, "Yeah, there's a car out there waiting for you to to go to Nuremberg. Uh, there's another car out there that's uh, ready to take you to well, New York City. Um, if you want to come work for our nuclear rocket, like for our rocket program." And I could be like, yeah. "Well, I don't really feel comfortable doing that." And I'm like, "Yeah, but that, that 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 car from New York's gonna leave here in the next five minutes. And it's gonna leave <laughs> only that car to Nuremberg." <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, like, and they gave and they get they did they gave them very little time to think about it. Yeah. And they just plucked them up and they just brought and they just brought them back over and they just brought them back over here. Right. I mean it it, uh, it plays into the whole I think the last time we talked about the Bob Lazar story you admit you brought up um the uh oh what's it called uh uh Manhattan project. Yeah. Uh, about how compartmentalized it is, and, and I'm sure that with Project uh, Paperclip, I'm sure that there was a lot of obviously a lot of compartmentalization with that as well. Oh, I 100% believe, and you know, and you and you see that, and you and you see that very similarly, uh, you know, because we're on this whole shtick about this clandestine thing, because I, I see that in the news where because uh, I watch I watched a news story about this about. Uh, the uh, the I think there was it was the guy who was assassinated the the Iranian nuclear scientist that was assassinated in 2020, where they had it was him it was no it wasn't him it was it was like three other scientists that were brought on I guess that sort of knew him, one was from London, I 
think one was from Canada. There was some guy that was some, I don't know, there was some Caucasian guy. I can't remember where he was from. Uh, and, and there was another one that I think was also from Tehran. And they were talking about, did they really believe that this guy was actually a nuclear scientist? And I think the one from Tehran said, no, he was uh, like just some other sort of theoretical physicist. The guy from London said the same thing. And the white guy said he wasn't sure. But the weird thing about it is, again, is like just like the stuff like with the Manhattan Project, when you're doing clandestine work, you don't know. A lot of your friends, they might not know what you're doing. And truthfully, you might not even know necessarily what you're doing either. Yeah, true. You only know what you need to know and nothing beyond that. Right. Right. So, you know, if you're if you're an Iranian nuclear scientist and, you know, you're one of the, you know, you may not even work, you know, uh, you you might not even know specifically what you are actually working on. Yeah. So it might, it might be, it might turn in one of those situations whenever like an operation brain drain with one of the things that they're trying to do is, is they're letting people know maybe what they're doing and maybe that's what's causing them to have a change of heart when they realize that. It could you know? be. You know, because I, I think it's very easy to vilify somebody like that, but if you're the Iranian government, you don't want people to know, you know, and you're trying to do your own sort of Manhattan project for whatever reason that it is, you know, wouldn't, why wouldn't you follow the same model? To keep it secret because that would be a huge secret you would want to keep secret yeah yeah definitely so i don't know i think it kind of gives me an out of, of not trying to necessarily think badly on some of these scientists when i think about them i don't maybe maybe, I don't know, maybe it helps me sleep at night i i don't know <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of gives me an out like i i don't know do you think do you think that they know or do you think that it's more compartmentalized or what do you think? I think it's probably as compartmentalized as it, as it can be. I mean, I, I doubt any of, the, of these other nations are as, as good at it as the American government, obviously. I mean, they can, <laughs> they can compartmentalize, compartmentalize anything when it comes down to it. But um, I think, I think other nations probably use that playbook as well. I agree with you on that. Because that, I think that's a good way to lead into kind of what happened that I saw that I found in Pakistan. So Pakistan had a very similar thing go down where there's a bunch of strange disappearances um, within the last 20 years for their nuclear program. In the last 20 years, nine Pakistani nuclear scientists have disappeared from the country. Hmm. Like not even, and have never even found. That's one of the strangest things that I found about these, in these pictures. What you'll, run in, what you'll run into with Iran and India that we're going to next is a lot of people end up like dead and they end up dead. But in Pakistan, the 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 scientists that have disappeared have never been have never been seen again. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder what what it was that they were working on at the time of their disappearance. I do too. You know, because there's a lot of because there is a lot. You know, or you know, there is there is a lot of other facets to to nuclear research you know there is, it is for medical purposes people use it for food people use it for all the other sorts of things too but like one thing that i do know that like about that, that i found odd is you know they said that they disappeared they don't know like where do you think that they ended up you know because it's yeah. not like united states is the only place trying to get their hands on scientists that know how to do these sorts of things right right like there's other countries that are around the world, like North Korea, um, India, Iran. You know, you know, just you know, they're already they're losing people too, um, yeah. that are trying to get their that are you know that are trying that are trying to get their hands on nuclear scientists as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say, man, the strangest cases, the strangest cases came from India. So man, I just it's like to hear about those. Like I said, I'm not too familiar with 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 this kind of stuff. Oh no 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 no. It's India 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 is weird. So the stuff with India started since the 1960s. Okay, that's how far back their stuff has been, where people have been dis- where the nuclear scientists have been disappearing. So the father of India's uh, nuclear program, Dr. Homi, and I can never pronounce people's names, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pronounce. Homi Jenigir Ababa, I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, sorry. Um, a guy who's won multiple Nobel Peace Prizes or Nobel Prizes, 
and this is essentially the father of the uh, of the Indian nuclear program. Okay, he was on a plane on January twenty fourth, nineteen sixty six, and the plane crashes into a mountain, and a lot of people, and, and and he and he passes away. Literally, just a few days before that, the Indian government had been very critical of the Chinese government for their nuclear program and the Chinese government trying to uh, interfere in them developing their own nuclear program. Yeah. And so many people became super sketchy and super skeptical that this plane crash. Actually, they blamed it on like a lack of communication. When, in, when years later, a lot of people are still kind of questioning that. Literally 13 days, this happens 13 days after uh, another major Indian political official publicly criticized the Chinese government, and then later dies from food, like just mysteriously becomes ill and dies. Yeah, coincidence, I'm sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, a CIA operative named Robert Crowley uh, told uh, a U.S. journalist, Gregory Douglas, in his book Conversations with the Crow, that the CIA was responsible for these two, for these two, for these two guys actually like being taken out huh which i thought was weird that everybody was looking at the chinese government and this guy claiming that that he that claiming the u.s government was responsible for it and but then again people still criticize is this leaked information is this misinformation is this just chinese propaganda who knows but literally just that's just the tip of the weird nuclear scientist disappearance berg <laughs> in india but uh, they had another nuclear scientist in 2009 commit suicide with literally no media coverage uh i was huh. a very prominent one and between 2010 to 2014 they had 11 nuclear scientists and engineers die yep um so don't get into the nuclear nuclear program no, uh, no it, was, it was it was weird okay so 2013 one of the strangest cases of this was two pro prominent nuclear submarine engineers uh were found lying on railroad tracks already dead but they were found by their co they were found by their co-workers like before it like beforehand like just already lying on the railroad tracks before the train got there huh maybe that maybe they were found before they were supposed to <laughs> Maybe they wanted the trains to, to <laughs> ride over them before they were found. Yep. According to the Indian government, over a three-year period, at least nine unnatural deaths of scientists and engineers occurred at only, uh, sorry, between two facilities, the, uh, the, the Indian Atomic Research Center and the Kaivya Nuclear Facility. Uh, two of them were classified as suicide, and the rest still remained unexplained. Between 2009 and 2013, a minimum of 10 employees for the atomic energy perished in either murders or mysterious fires. Jeez. Oh, yeah. The deaths, all of the mysterious, have been connected to by one common thread. Uh, all of the uh, alleged murder victims were all associated with the nuclear energy program. Uh, they've all including one in which where there was a fire uh, at one of their labs. That contained no flammable chemicals. Wow! And, and, and the cause of the fire is still yet to be determined. And this is this is all still just India, right? Yeah, this is all just India. The stuff that I just named that they've like just in this this time in this time frame of what has happened of all these Indian like nuclear officials that have just gone missing. That's pretty crazy. I don't know what to make of all that, to be honest. I don't know either. What, and you know, yeah. What um like. What's what's your take on that? As far as like, okay. what, do you, what, do you, what do you think that is? One of my strength, one of the things that I found very very odd about this was the lack of response that it seemed from the Indian government. That imagine, you know, like okay, the general rhetoric that you generally hear from a country when they feel like a for like that some sort of foreign influence is going on in their country. Generally, it's pretty fiery. They're upset. They're mad. Normal, right? Okay, you know, countries can't take that lying down. But you have these stream of very important officials 
that all end up dying mysterious like mysterious deaths. Like in Iran, like they like like I said, if they were to ghost rolls, they were chaperoned. Like, you know, the 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 head of the of Iran's dealer had two cars that was in front of him, like one like one in front of him, one behind him, that he was he was being escorted. They had yeah. to be removed, you know. And this it's just it's very, very weird that and, and a lot of people that critique what's going what happened, what's going on in India with the lack of response from the government is that they don't seem concerned or they're not bothered by it. At least publicly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe they've all adopted the Gandhi philosophy of, of uh, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, all that stuff. <laughs> so even if they're nuclear, nuclear scientists are being assassinated or black bagged or whatever. And the, yeah. Well, it's just one of those things, guys. Yeah. Why do you, why, why do you think? What do you think's going on? What do you, I mean, what, what, what would, what would be your thoughts on why there is a lack of response? I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, that's very strange that there, that there isn't. I mean, unless they just don't have, they don't feel that they, they have a strong enough military nation, whatever, to, to delve into it. Not enough research teams, not enough, not, not like, the equivalent of RCIA and NSA and stuff like that. They don't have enough manpower, so to speak, um, to figure out what's going on. So they <laughs> don't delve into it too deep. Mm -hmm. I don't know, really, to be honest. You know, I, I, I'm, the, I'm the same way too. I, 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 I find it very, I find it very puzzling. You know, I, that that's probably, you know, unless, you know, I, to me, it doesn't seem like a situation which they're trying to motivate scientists to do better. You know, it's really not a, as far as I'm aware of, where people easily go missing. You know, the only real geopolitical rival that I've seen from them is China that I've seen that would probably, you know, because there's always real tension. And I guess Pakistan, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, China's, China's messed with a lot of countries around that region, Tibet, for one. I mean, right. they're, China's not not immune from, from fucking with... Uh, <laughs> Seen. Um, China's not immune from messing with <laughs> countries that they see as uh, inferior and that right. they want to control more. And I'm sure that they don't want uh, these apparent weaker countries getting their hands on any kind of weapons that's going to um, challenge their authority in the region. Maybe could be. Mm -hmm. I don't. Like I said, I don't really know. If you know, I, I, I you know, I. It doesn't surprise me that you see a lot of governments trying to to push to being nuclear capable because they're obviously wanting to be, you know, more important on the global stage because you have to have that. I mean, I mean, hell, if you look at the, the UN Security Council, the, the five major uh, permanent members all have nuclear arms, you know, yeah. France, uh, France, China, France, China, the United States, uh, the UK, Great Britain. I mentioned them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and Soviet Union. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, yeah. And so, you know, and that and that's not accidental. <laughs> these are all post World War, you know, two. You know, these are all World War Two post victors. So, you know, it doesn't shock me that you're, that you're seeing this. It often makes me, you know, wonder. You know, with these clandestine secret government operations that are moving around of 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 what's going on behind the shadows of, of them trying to either move them around or relocate them or move them. Did you ever watch did you ever watch this skit comedy show called Whitest Kids You Know? Did you ever watch hmm. that? Oh something about it. It was pretty funny. Um unfortunately one of its founding members, Trevor Noah, uh or not Trevor 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 Moore, sorry. Trevor Noah is the new Daily Show host. I get those two confused sometimes. <laughs> the names are so similar. But Trevor Moore, he died recently, unfortunately. Um, but what you just said reminded me of one of the skits that they did back then. Um, it was um, it was called Nerf Nukes, and there they were like the skit was there were a bunch of neighborhood kids running around with 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 Nerf nuclear weapons, and then this poor kid walks up to him and tells them, "Hey, I got a Nerf nuke," and they're like, "But you're poor. You can't have a Nerf nuke." So they they just beat the crap out of him. And and pummel them, and 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 then so yeah, it's it was their point was that that they don't want any kind of developing nation 
other than themselves. They, they want the superpowers to have <laughs> the nukes, and then they don't want any, any competition in that mm-hmm. regard. So I thought it was a good, a good way of illustrating that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like I said, unfortunately, Trevor Moore died mm-hmm. uh, earlier this month. It's kind of sad because he was, he was a pretty funny dude. And so if you ever get a chance to watch those old Wise Kids You Know episodes, it's, I recommend it. <laughs> You know, and and I and I and I tell you what, I think I think you're right on that. So something that I that struck my mind when I was thinking about this, about why would why would you be trying to remove other countries from having nuclear arms, other than just the concept, just because they can't have them. So a lot of the modern like UFO inspired religions all came about in the 1950s. A lot of them did. Scientology did. The Theorist Society that uh, me and Ellie did, uh, Vic Swap did uh, back in the day, and a lot of a lot of the of those types of religions were formed in the fifties, and they were formed generally after the, uh, like modern countries now de- like develop nuclear weapons, and they all claim that once we developed nuclear weapons, that extraterrestrials became interested in Earth. Like that was the focal point. Like that was the the event that triggered people's atten- like attention on us. So I, I have always said that that you know, me and Vic said too that if aliens showed up, it probably would not be in our best interest. You know, when they right. get here, because and it, you know, in the course of events, anytime a more advanced civilization is encountered, a less advanced civilization, it is caused that less advanced civilization's uh, assimilation. Uh, enslavement or extermination yeah you know so it it makes me wonder whether or not if you know some of this if we are attracting attention from aliens that they're trying to keep other countries from being the ones that's drawing their attention so if aliens showed up they're kind of talk to us (laughs) than the other rather than the other country they're like we we want to be on the good list um you know, it's like the conehead. Like we want to be on the protected list. When the, you know, when the conehead aliens show up, you know, we're like, good, look, look what we can do. We can do these very cool things. Like we want them to come to our house. It's like, you know, instead of somewhere else. So what are the aliens like? Uh, some of them are really cool. Some are kind of shitty. We're pretty tight with the shitty ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, we bought the we bought the beer. We bought the nukes. You know, you know, we you know we made the we made the gas the nuclear powered gas stations for them. Um, you know, that way they would stop here instead. You know, they bought a, they bought a Slurpee and then they left. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, it turns, it, it just turns into, it turns into one of those deals. You know, it, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've always found the, I've always found like the weird sort of clandestine agencies between multiple different countries, like in the wars and sorry, in the conflicts that they do to be really interesting. To read, I mean, it's like James Bond, you know, yeah. but with like nukes. Yeah, I'd say that um, there's more collaboration between those superpowers than they make it appear. Um, I agree with that. Like they might, I think it's just a worldwide version of like American politics, where like in, in America you have the left versus the right, conservative versus liberal, yada yada yada. And I think on a worldwide scale, it's kind of similar to these different nations. You might have China versus America, China versus Russia. Uh, well, not China versus Russia. They seem to be, at least on appearances, seem to be on the same team. Um, Russia versus America, yeah, um, whatever the case may be. But I think that they're probably uh, – I can't talk today. Sorry. Um, no, you're fine. They're probably more cahoots than you think scene um i think there's more collaboration between these nations and they make it appear just like like there's more bipartisan bipartisanship between democrats and republicans as far as like when it comes to foreign policy and actual domestic policy there's they might make it seem like there's differences between them but ultimately their end goals are the same um but isn't that good when it comes to nuclear politics well, like I, like I said I mean, earlier, like they, 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 that one. I think I think that they use the nuclear situation to keep 
their own individual populations under control to a certain degree. I mean, everything they do is for that. But like I said, um, I agree with you. The, the thought of nuclear annihilation is a, is a good motivating factor to, to, to not shake the boat too much. I, I agree. It reminded me, you were talking about skits. It reminded me of that Simpsons uh, episode where Homer and Marge uh, taken that Albanian kid and turns out he's a spy for their government and he, and he was like stealing secrets from Homer's nuclear uh, plant that he works at and he got caught. Yeah. And they're like, oh, is there going to be problems with it? Because now nah, we're going to exchange it for one of ours, you know? And it's like there's a plane <laughs> and there's like a, a an American kid spy and the Albanian kid. They're like, ah, hey, we got to stop meeting like this. <laughs> it was pretty cordial. <laughs> the whole time. They, just, they just went home. <laughs> right. It's, it's probably truer than, than people would think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the CIA, KGB agents just sort of like hang out, look at a coffee shop somewhere and just, just talk. I'm like, all right. Uh, we're just hanging on talking. All right, the media shows up. We're just going to start shooting at each other. You shoot high, I'll shoot low. Exactly. That's the, exactly. That's the real clandestine stuff, that they're just meeting at Starbucks mocking us. <laughs> I mean, I'd say that that's pretty accurate, actually. Um, oh, man. <laughs> oh. And I, I could get into, like, well, I mean, I could go on and on about intergovernmental relationships, but, I mean, that, that's a topic for another day, I'd say. Because oh, I, I, if I, if I start down that rabbit hole, I'll, I won't stop talking for two hours, and and your audience doesn't want to hear that, I'm sure. At least not not currently. <laughs> no, I do, but it's um. So we're we're sort of kind of, I think, getting to a good stopping point. But what what do you what are your final thoughts? Like, what do you what? At the end of the day, what do you think is really going on with some of these disappearances and some of these murders that are going on? Do you think that it's all one thing? It's bigger picture, just inner, inner, like why is it going on? I mean, I honestly like if I had to, if I had to guess, um, like I said, this isn't like an area of my particular expertise. But if I had to guess, it's it's so that these developing nations can't become I think the the superpowers are probably making sure that that these developing nations can't be a threat to their own power, and so maybe they're creating situations where they're these smaller nations, weaker nations, nuclear scientists are have to be eradicated so that, that they don't get too far along in their programs. That could be mm-hmm. just my just a guess. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's really hard to I think it's really hard to know. It's always very. You know, I would love to definitely be a fly in the room for a lot of these, you know, some of these like closed door meetings that goes on between a lot of like nations to kind of see what is the real conversation that is, yeah. that is, that is going on. I think that I, we, we've seen, We've seen so much examples of of alien technology where it seems like like nuclear energy seems to be at the forefront at a lot of that either either at a lot of that technology, whether it's alien technology in itself or it's just the best attempt that we have to mimic anything, like what we talked about in Bob Lazar, like that was our best attempt at mimicking the technology. Right. And you know, the the I think the group of people that can control that type of energy probably at the end of the day are going to be the ones that are going to be the ones sticking around. You know, I think it's going to, I think, I think you're probably right that it is, it is in some way, shape or form a power play. And it's, you know, watching that stuff go on is definitely, is definitely some of the best way. It's some of the only times that we're ever going to see some of that clandestine stuff go down, you know, right. You know, we talk about the Illuminati all day long, right. You know, people say that, super secret government, you know, or super secret international like agencies that are ruling the world, you know, it's hard because the average person's never going to see behind that veil. You know, you'll only see actions from it, you know, and, we're, and it's this puzzle piece of what we're trying to, that we're trying to put, to, that we're trying to put together. So we're always yeah. trying to do, you know, it's what the always average man is. And I, and I, and I think when it, when it comes to nuclear scientists and them disappearing or, you know, ending up, you know, not around anymore. 
I, I think that's what we're seeing is I think we're seeing some of that clandestine operations going down. Yeah, definitely. I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. So um, I want to know what you guys think in the comments below. Do you guys think that, you know, do you guys think that there's, do you guys think the motivation, do you guys think the motivations is more aliens? Do you think that it's just governments, one government trying to keep another government down? Um, do you think that it's all internal? Do you think this is all just something that's going on internally within the country, like with their own structures, like that's going on? Um, I definitely want to know what you guys think below in the comments below. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I always love talking nuclear politics. Uh, I want to thank you, by the way, for coming on. Libertarian Tars, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Marcus. Yes, yes. Don't, and we're going to have you back, absolutely. Uh, for those of you that are patrons, make sure you stick around because we're going to talk uh, a little bit more in the Patreon section where we're going to talk about uh, nuclear weapons that disappear. <laughs> that is, that's a strange disappearance. That's kind of a concerning one. You know, it's kind it's of a good weird, time. But, you know. Great oldies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we're going to be talking about that in the patron section. So, I've got some interesting thoughts on that. So, let's just, let me know what you guys think in the comments below. If you guys listen to this, leave a like. Don't forget to subscribe. If you guys listen on YouTube, hit that notification bell. That's how you stay up to date whenever we put out a new episode. Uh, make sure you guys check in. Uh, for the next episode, because that's when Vic's going to be returning, and the return of the Waitley. Um, you know, I want to thank you again one more time, man, for coming on the podcast. I super appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Um, but until next time, guys, keep believing, because we'll keep listening. All right, guys, we're going to slide into the Pillow Talk segment of this podcast. If you want to check out the rest of this awesome podcast, all you got to do is go over to our Patreon and sign up. For as little as a dollar a month, you get all of the rest of these awesome podcasts as well as bonus episodes that me and Vic put up uh, exclusively for our Patreon. Um, if you are a $2 or more a month member, you actually get to vote on the topic, the theme of the month. And I'm checking it out right now. Our September one is currently running at Harry Humanoids. Neat. I know that's going to be, that'll make Vic happy, but if he, that if uh, we ended up Getting that. And Ghost Town with a close second. I like that. So uh, go over to our Patreon and uh, and you guys get to vote. Let your voices be heard. So I thought in the Patreon section, the Pill Talk segment, we would talk uh, a little bit more about the strange disappearance of nuclear weapons. Um, I, I never thought that I would say that sentence. Um, I, that's like losing an elephant. I don't know how you lose that. I just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, just one of those things, I guess. You know, it's like, you ever seen like Ace Ventura? It's like that scene yeah. whenever the, the, the dolphin gets stalled. Right. The boss is like, I got just one question. How the hell do you lose the elephant fish? <laughs>